The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In today's economic climate, it's very hard to know what to do with your money. Every financial move is a choice. Sometimes they are good choices, and you will reap the rewards of success. Sometimes there are bad choices, which can leave you in financial ruin if you make too many. Welcome to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. Our program will help you to make the good choices and avoid the bad. Now, here is Gordon Bennett. Welcome to the show. This is Gordon Bennett with Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. And with me today is Dr. David J. Demko, who has started a very provocative uh, website and uh, lifestyle and all those wonderful things in retirement called Zoomers. And I must say that when I first read of Zoomers, I wasn't quite sure what all that meant. So we're going to have a lot of fun talking to Dr. Demko about retirement for those Zoomers and some of the characteristics those people have. And, Doctor, I'm just going to let you start right in and tell us a little bit about how it came to be that uh, you created and uh, trademarked Zoomers. Uh, yeah, thanks, Gordon. And, by the way, just uh, David is fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, my daughter said one time when she was small, somebody said, your dad is a doctor? And my daughter said, yes, but not the kind that helps people. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what's It's a PhD what's from the University of Michigan in gerontology. You know, that's exactly, I have to say this, uh, uh, I've published uh, special education materials a long time ago, and I knew a doctor from uh, the University of uh, Wisconsin, and they had a party to celebrate his receiving his doctoral. And everybody was going around calling him doctor this and doctor that and doctor this. And his eight-year-old kid came up to him and tucked on his sleeve and said, do I have to call you doctor such and such? And he looked down at him. He says, no, you just have to call me Dr. Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember that story. That was just so funny because, uh, you know, my wife's a PhD as well. And, uh, she requires me to call her the goddess of the universe. So, uh, is that it? Yeah, that's. She's got so many titles. I don't know what to do with them no, all. But you anyway, can't talk at the dinner table unless, when you raise your hand, she calls on you. Is it that bad? Yeah, and kissing, <laughs> kissing the ring and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> it's a ritual in academia, and uh, she spent most of her life in corporate America. And they don't understand that. So, uh, mm. anyway, let's get back to Zoomers. I. I really, really like the name of Zoomer. So yeah. tell me a little bit about how you got, and I'll call well, you David. I've been in gerontology, the study of uh, human aging and uh, retirement planning. I'm certified in retirement planning leadership from AARP. 
and I've gone back and got certificates in geriatric assessment and such. Um, so in 1974, I began my uh, uh, my experience in the field of aging, but it wasn't until 1998 where I was as a professor teaching a leadership seminar, and I used two books there, one by Zig Ziglar, uh, the, super, the late super salesman, and the other by John Maxwell, who authored a book called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And then he had Covey's Seven Secrets of the Successful People. And I thought, is there such a list of a successful boomer, someone who really grasped the essence of, of retirement and what life is about, to live to the fullest? And uh, there wasn't any. So I decided to take a look at what the research says. What will enable people not just to live longer, but healthy and with a sense of purpose and meaning in life? And that's how I came up in 1998 with the uh, Zoomer trademark that I copyrighted it. Copyrighting. You, you know, I, I really like that name. I mean, it's, it covers the baby boomers, of course, but they got that zip to them. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that energy. Energy. And... Uh, I know on your website, and it's a it's a wonderful website. They should everybody should go to it. What is it? Uh, www.demco.com. Yeah, or just d e m k o dot com. That'll get her done. Okay, and uh, one of the things I really liked about that, and if people are uh, getting near retirement or in retirement, uh, there's a list of nine uh, attributes, I guess you would call them, of are you, well, there's, besides the test, I want to talk about that too. Uh, but there's sort of principles or fundamentals of how a, a Zoomer is different from the run-of-the-mill retired person. And what I'd like to do is just go down that list and let you talk about them one at a time, if that's okay with sure, you. Sure, sure. That's think- fine. And, and once more, these are just not my ideas. But I made sure that I looked at what's called the peer-reviewed research, research done by scholarly academics, and I used the National Institutes of Aging, they're 27, and I used those as a basis for these traits. And uh, one was obviously, you know, everybody loves food, food fitness, and um, I think you need to, Zoomers, eat their way to better health. They, they know about nutrition, and they know about the calories that they need. They, they are aware of their body mass index and what are the danger signs. Um, they're also people who continue to learn as long as they live. Uh, Zoomers perform daily exercises to sustain their memory and learning. They work puzzles, maybe learn a new language, or perhaps they take up a musical instrument. All of those are proven to enhance your memory. Uh, also, social fitness, grow your uh, social network. As we move through life, sometimes we lose friends, um, and through death or, or, or they move away or we lose contact. So you have to constantly be adding to that network of friendships. And uh, physical fitness, obviously everybody knows about that. Um, some people say they're too um, tired to exercise, but actually exercise itself, mild aerobic exercise, walking is actually the best. That actually increases your 
um, your energy. I went to the grocery store today, and I parked in the back of the lot, knowing that I'd have to walk all the way up to the store. I'd have to get my packages when I was done, and I'd have to walk all the way back to the car. And I was beginning to incorporate a mile or so of walking into my daily schedule without having to go go in a regimen like a gym or something of that nature, taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Identity is also very important. You know, feeling good about yourself, feeling a sense of self-worth. Way back in the uh, early 90s, the National Institute of Mental Health, a government agency, said that the average life expectancy of a white-collar male was only two to three years. Now, if they made it through that tough transition from retirement, from work to retirement, then their life expectancy would go back up. And the American Medical Association says, uh, identified health um, aspects of retirement. They said retirement is actually a health hazard. And I said, wow, this is kind of, this is kind of interesting. So identity crisis is good. Spiritual fitness. We know that those individuals, based upon the research, mainly coming out of Duke University and, and, and other universities. Uh, but this is an international effort where we say if someone believes in a higher power, and that could be a variety of things. It could be Jesus. It could be Mohammed. It could be waiting for the Messiah. Uh, it, in other words, you for the questions that science and logic cannot answer, you see that there are some things that you just have to let go and let, and let God um, Rabbi Greenberg wrote a book, I think it's 30 years ago now, and uh, that book said, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? In other words, our faith allows us to cope with the, the things that we can't really understand. And then finally, retirement readiness. That's important. In other words, retirement doesn't begin six months before retirement. It actually is life planning. Uh, in my courses with young people, I say you should right now, at the age of 20, begin to put at least $5 away. All right? And, and that way you'll get in the habit of investing in yourself for retirement. Um, retirement uh, readiness includes taking a look at your health. And also looking at your plans, I remember doing a seminar way back in the uh, oh, in, in the mid '70s for uh, Dow Corning Corporation, and we had a group of re- pre-retirees. And one gentleman said, "When I retire, this is what I'm going to do." And he said, "I'm going to move to Arizona, and I'm going to buy a donkey." And I'm going to go into the mountains and collect precious stones. And I'm going to bring them back and make those stones into jewelry, which I will sell. Now, the other retirees um, weren't judging him. But what happens that is when you talk about and think about your retirement plans, they would ask him questions. Well, where in Arizona would you move? He says, well, I don't know. Uh, How much does a donkey cost? He says, well, I don't know. What kind of precious stones? I don't know. Um, do, you, do you know what lapidary is or do you have a lapidary machine? No. The whole idea was that that may have been the plan that would satisfy him, but he really hadn't thought about it. He may go to Arizona and uh, buy a donkey and then say, well, what's next? 
The most surprising thing, Gordon, was that his wife was sitting next to him. And when he says, I'm going to pull up stakes and go to Arizona, she looked at him and said, we are? So <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if he was planning on taking her with him or whatever, but this was a major plan that, that really he hadn't discussed. And uh, you know, along that line, some couples say, well, we're going to retire together. Uh, when my husband or wife retires, we retire together. You should never, never do that. There should be about a six-month gap between retirement dates because you can't be supportive of your partner or spouse uh, while you're going through the same process yourself. So, you know, you, you, you have given me so many things to react to. I hear the music in the background starting to come up, and already 15 minutes have gone by just like that. Well, what and, kind of music uh, is it, Gordon? Uh, it's just a, a music bed in the background that I hear uh, yeah. sort of the, their way of cueing me. That it's classical uh, or 60s? or, or? Uh, It's some stuff we picked from a, a library of music and uh, sort of like the introductory music, and it just cues me and keeps me on track. The engineer's down in Arizona, and I'm in Philadelphia, and you're in uh, Boca Raton, so we've got to keep everybody together, and that's one way to do it. So Okey-doke. we're going to read a uh, commercial for about two minutes, and we'll be back in the second half uh, to finish that. And then uh, there's a lot of things I want to ask you. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Gordon Bennett with uh, Money, Jobs, Health, and the Things of Life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Gordon Bennett, and my guest today is... He told me not to call him doctor, so it's David J. Demko down in Boca Raton, Florida. He is a geri- gerontologist, right? Geriatrics, yes, that's, that's gerontologist. That's he, mm-hmm. 
he uh, is a specialist and a very knowledgeable person about aging. And uh, we baby boomers are getting older by the minute. And uh, I, I've got to tell you, the Zoomer, Z-O-O-M-E-R, uh, look that up on the website. He has uh, Demco.com. And there are some remarkable things there. And you mentioned you were uh, mentioning things so fast in the first quarter hour. Uh, I didn't have a chance to interact with them. Uh, that's not a criticism. That's just that I made some notes. Sure. And the first, the first thing you said that I really, really, uh, uh, it's one of my fundamentals, actually. I've written a book in, uh, the fundamentals of finance. Mm-hmm. And one of those fundamentals is you've got to educate yourself. You have to continue learning, you said. And then you mentioned several good books. And I'd like to just spend a little more time talking about each of those books because sure. I, I have experience with all of them, and I think they're absolutely marvelous. Whether you're a person of faith or not, whether you're a person of sales disposition, the messages in those books are just universal. Uh, the first one I like is The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Covey. And he just passed away, I think, this last year. And he talks about the seven habits of highly successful people. Well, if you want to be successful in uh, retirement, Covey's got a lot of messages there for you. So that's a book I'd recommend you get. And by the way, I think all of these are available on Amazon. Another guy, and I don't know if I can find him on Amazon, but I imagine he is, is Zig Ziglar. Zig was a famous sales trainer. And let's face it, all of life is selling. You know, we sell ourselves. We sell our friends. About the only people who doesn't sell us is a policeman, and he's got a badge. And so Zig Ziglar talks very much about uh, positive things, and I, I recommend that book to you. Another is a couple of books have been written by Maxwell uh, on leadership and on uh, uh, just basics of life, and I think you'd be very well to look up Maxwell's books as well. And then there are two other books uh, that are absolutely sensational. One was written several years ago uh, by uh, the pastor uh, Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. Now, that's a spiritual book, but he starts out the book by saying it's not about you. It's about your faith. Well, he weaves into that how you can be so much more effective on earth when you have a realization that there is a God. And I re- really would recommend that to people. And the final book that you've mentioned, see, you just mentioned, I hope you have as many more in, in, at the ready. <laughs> because they're, I think you'll agree with me, they're great books. I don't mean to be taken away from you, but uh, you brought up the subject. Why do bad things happen to good people? Rabbi Kushner, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, one of the things that gets in the way of life and this is particularly true of retired people, is a feeling of hopelessness or helplessness. You think, why did this happen to me? And if you read that book, it really gives you a perspective on uh, things that happened to you. Rabbi Kushner had been keeping a personal journal for a number of years because he had lost his son, who was 14 years old, to a very rare disease. And he said to himself, here I am. I am a rabbi. Why did this happen to me? And it was his personal journal trying to come to peace with that that he kept notes. And then later his friend saw it and encouraged him to publish it. And frankly, I think is a great 
book to read, even if you don't have a bad thing happening to you today. Would you agree? Absolutely. There's no, yes. there's no doubt about it. That, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, continue learning, and those are five books, uh, certainly worthwhile. Now, you mentioned walking is a oh, good habit. I, if I could, Gordon, just, just one more book, because uh, it's just so wonderful to look at perspectives. It's a book by a nurse, Sharon Curtin, who wrote about her aging father. And uh, uh, it's called Nobody Ever Died of Old Age. It was written back in 1974. Nobody ever died of old age. And she talked about her father, who was again and again diagnosed with a life-threatening illness and given a short time to live. However, the old man managed to cheat death every time. And so I guess what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. He finally did die uh, while he was walking home from a Saturday night dance in a drunken stupor. He was hit by a truck. <laughs> that's that's certainly wow. That's certainly the way to go. Uh, I don't know whether I told you this when I was talking to you before the show, but uh, those people listening and who have friends who are older or are getting older themselves. Uh, I was a patient last year. I was diagnosed with cancer, and they have uh, a really remarkable way of treating you. And the most important thing, I think, is they treat you as an individual. They don't let you get a feeling of hopelessness. On one hand, there's medicine that will take care of you. And they, the medicine is pretty much the same everywhere. The thing that makes the difference, and I'm in remission now, is the attitude of the person going in. And they spend so much time at Cancer Treatment Centers of America dealing with people's attitude toward their illness. They have to keep them active. They have to keep them happy. And I'm going to let you comment on this, Doctor. Oh, you're uh, excuse you're me, exactly David. right. The, uh, the universe. The laughter. Pardon me? Talk about laughter. Oh, laughter. In other words, when, when, when people laugh, their brain produces these endorphins, which, which is a chemical that produces a very, very good feeling. Much like people say, when I go running or exercise, I get this real runner's high, this feeling that life is great and, and, and I feel good. And so laughing is very important. Uh, laugh at yourself, laugh at the world. There's, there's, there's a lot of uh, ironies that you can't do anything about. And so you kind of throw up your hands and you say, well, that's life. Let's move on. And, and the same thing I would have to say with your laughter, there are some, uh, there's a page on your website of quotations. And I must admit, some of them are, uh, would I say, punny? <laughs> They're intended to jog people's mind, pay attention, and, and also give a message. Yeah, I mean, one of them says, people's retire." People retire, minds do not. You know, these kind of things, you get a little chuckle out of them, and I read them over and over. And, uh, you, you've really got to laugh at things. And as I said, about the only thing I don't laugh at is a uh, traffic jam on the freeway. Well, <laughs> and I never know what traffic, it's going to end. If it's a traffic jam, you have a, an opportunity to turn up the radio, listen to your favorite songs. Or if you have a tape in the car, you can listen to a book on tape. You do have a choice to make if you're in a situation that you can't control. Say that again. That's really good. Well, if you're stuck in traffic, you're not well, moving. 
So you have a choice to be frustrated and angry, which really isn't good for your stress level, your heart, or you can say, wow, this is a great opportunity to turn the radio on and listen to the songs that I like, or maybe you have a disc of a books on tape and you listen to that. And that's a choice we make about we can't always determine what life is going to give us, but we can choose how we're going to react to it. That's that's the thing. How do we react to something that comes along? Life goes on. That That is very good. That would uh, lead me to a statement I make a lot of times. Stress is bad for you. Stress is bad for you. And you should do everything possible to get the stress out of your life. And this goes back to the uh, activity and things in your checklist. What do you think about stress? Well, stress is very important. Actually, it's a defense mechanism. In other words, when you're, when you feel threatened, um, your body creates extra energy so that you can either run away from the stressor or that you can fight off the stressor. But when you are pulled over for a traffic citation, you can't run away from the, uh, officer and you certainly can't fight with the, uh, the officer. So you really? really have to you have to find a way to to get rid of that stress. You could after work, you could go for a nice walk or run or swim or what have you. You could you could go ahead and you could write letters to your grandchildren or what have you, or you could develop a philosophy about life and say, you know what, this happens to everybody, and I just feel humiliated because the officer pulled me over, and and those lights are continuing to turn, and everybody that's passing me sees me getting a ticket, and they feel bad about it. So, but you do you do really have uh, a choice. So stress can be good. Uh, as long as you know how to uh, manage it. Some people in their office, they take a uh, what I call a five-minute vacation. Take the phone off the hook, close the door, and then sit there and imagine yourself on a, in a hammock, swinging slowly, a warm breeze blowing off from the ocean. You're under the shade of a palm tree, and there's music in the background. And for five minutes, you just kind of escape away from You know, that. you keep that up, I'm going to go to sleep, and you won't have a host. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's nice. You know, in my, uh, uh, I teach a class at the hospital on financial management. Mm-hmm. And the stress that I talk about in the class is people who are out of control with their spending or debts or things like that. And that goes right back to your original statement, continuing your learning. So you learn how to get out from under the stress by positive action rather than just uh, worrying about it. Yeah, you, you know, know, the old saying, you know, know thyself, knowledge about yourself it's very important what gets you angry, how, what are the options with, with responding to that. It, it's very important. But that doesn't mean that people shouldn't really you know, avoid any kind of challenge that might create stress. In other words, uh, there's a book that was written. It's called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. If You Want to Grow, You Have to, you have to Push Yourself a Little. And uh, I've even known people who at a uh, local life care uh, community where they had people in their 80s who really were walking with uh, walkers and they were in wheelchairs and they had a, uh, 
a retired U.S. Olympic swimming coach. And wow. what they'd do is every day, just for a little bit, he'd get those individuals in the water. And through this low-impact aerobic exercise in the pool, your body's lighter, there's less stiff. And many of those people were able to go from a walker to a cane or a wheelchair to a walker. Your body is very, very resilient, and at any age, it will respond to exercise. That's very good, and that's the way we'll end this quarter of the show. Uh, we're going to take another break. I can't believe how fast these 15 minutes go. Uh, we'll continue this uh, very, very interesting discussion about Zoomers right after we turn. This is your host, Gordon Bennett, and my guest, David Demko. And uh, this is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. Back after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Gordon Bennett and my guest, David Demko. We're talking about retirement. Well, we're talking about a lot of things, but basically we're talking about his field of expertise of gerontology and what people do wrong uh, with their lives that make retirement uh, less than optimal, I would say. I put it that way. Some of them, it's just a pure disaster, but uh, it doesn't have to be that way. And one of the things we were talking about is men failing to let their spouses in on the financial aspects of their marriage, their retirement, and she is likely to live a great deal longer than he is. Now, Seven that's years. not always... Hmm? Seven years longer. Seven years longer. Wow. 
and you know, and if you get yourself a trophy wife, uh, it might be 27 years. So, uh, we have a friend. My wife and I have a friend in Arizona who was married to a very wealthy man. They, they had a lot of money. I always say that if she wrote a check, the bank would bounce. And I mean, they, they developed property. They, they, they were by all measures that you have, uh, in that upper, upper tier of people. But he was a macho male. He wanted to pay the bills. He wanted to do this. He wanted to control the money. And uh, they had an estate plan. Everything was fine. But a couple of years before he was uh, uh, he passed away, he was uh, chronically ill with diabetes, uh, she discovered he wasn't paying the bills. And so instead of confronting him or getting involved, she just went to the vendors and had all the accounts set up on automatic debits. So she didn't have to confront him that he had that alpha male uh, syndrome. And she just let let bygones be bygones and not worried about it. Six months after he passed on, six months, she received a letter from the IRS informing her that all of her assets were being seized by the government to pay back taxes because he had not filed an income tax return for three years. Fortunately, she had enough money to pay the bill. But how do you feel about that? Well, I feel that, um, personally, um, the government has really gotten out of hand. It's supposed to be a government, you know, for the people, and it's supposed to serve us. Uh, it's not supposed to give us everything we need uh, or make us uh, not to be self-sufficient. But for heaven's sakes, I've seen so many things done to older people, uh, people who have few resources, few energy, uh, few ways to fight back, uh, and it's wrong. It's very, very wrong. I, I agree with you, but for her not to have been involved and knowing that he wasn't filing his taxes, that is a uh, byproduct of abdication. And yeah. I think that would have been avoided if she had been more involved. He didn't like to pay taxes, so he wasn't going to. But that had an impact on her after he was gone. I know there is, uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of people avoid the whole issue of retirement planning. They feel if they go to a retirement planning seminar, then the company's going to say, hmm, old Joe, well, we need not promote him because he's thinking about retirement. And uh, so there's this fear. I remember uh, years and years ago um, trying to recruit people in a corporation for um, retirement planning sessions. And the corporation put it right up on the bulletin board when the sessions were and they were free to the employees and nobody, nobody signed up. Then the personnel director sent letters home. When the wives opened up the envelopes, the phone rang and the reservations for the retirement seminar were done because the wives understood that they were the ones that were going to be for seven years on average, alone, and they were going to be the one that would have to cope with uh, whatever life had them, and especially if they weren't prepared, they would be at a loss. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, I had the opposite experience. I offered to do a class in financial planning at the hospital, and I had a room full of people, and they, the management of the hospital, and they've got 5,000 employees, uh, is making my class 
into a four-hour online seminar in financial planning for all of their employees. So they've got an enlightened employer there. But, but that's uh, great. And the key word is, in, you know, how, how we market things, how we offer things, financial planning rings very differently in people's ears than retirement planning. Oh, that's something. That's good. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, that's true. Uh, financial planning, yeah, is less threatening, as it were, uh, when you stop and think about it. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't... I happen to be a great believer, and I thought about this a great deal. And again, I'd like your take on this. Um, and I'm not a stockbroker. I'm not a uh, uh, insurance salesman. I don't sell uh, uh, desert land in Arizona or things like that. So I'm just an educator, and I want to help people out. And I thought about financial planning many, many times. I've, I have a master's degree in finance, and uh, I was a banker, and you know, I've done all these things, and the thing I ran into all the time was people didn't want to spend a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars on someone who is an expert who could save them some money. And I could tell you a lot of stories about saving money. Uh, and uh, so I finally decided to approach it this way. And I asked people how much they spent to get an education to prepare themselves to earn money. Now, after they've earned the money, how much should they spend to take care of that money? And you know, it's just kind of a quid pro quo. You've got to look to the experts sometimes because nobody can understand the tax codes these days and people make a lot of stupid mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's correct. I, I don't know how you feel about planners. Now, I like CFPs and I have one myself, but someone other than your family or your friend from the bowling league yeah. is someone who's trained in finance can save you an awful lot of money in the final analysis. Yeah. Yeah, you have to respect uh, you have to respect talent. And and also you have to think about and I think this is mo- more important than it because it predicates that you need to plan financially. What are you going to do with the with the rest of your life? Uh, in 1900 retirees only lived an average of 13 months. 13 months because nobody retired unless they were sick or unless they died or what have you. Now today, the time spent in retirement since 1900 has increased from 13 months to 18 years. That's well over a 1,000% increase in time spent in retirement. So what are you going to do with nothing to do and 18 years to do it? What are you going to do? And so it's that going into volunteerism, getting a second career, being an advocate for other people, traveling, photography, whatever you want. But once you have that goal, then you say, now I need to make sure that I'm going to be able to live that goal. And that's where financial planning comes in. You have to be hungry before you eat. You have to have a goal before you decide what plan will get me there. Yeah, and I, I also want to emphasize, and I think you have made this eminently clear, retirement planning is not just about the money. You have to decide what you want to do with your time. Even if you can afford the moon, you still have to plan for everything, and we'll just assume you have the money, but that is only a very small part 
of knowing what you're going to do with the time in your hands. And how are you going to... It's going to get you up and out of bed, dressed and out the door every day. Every Every, day. Yeah. uh, Life life is a gift. There's a lot of people who don't get the opportunity to enjoy what we talked about, their golden years or retirement, whatever you want to call it. But those who do, I would say, have an obligation to themselves and especially those whose whose life was cut short and didn't get this opportunity, these extra 18 years, they owe it to themselves and others to make it the best possible life and a life that makes an impact on other people. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here that you have just absolutely made clear to me. Um, I had, a, had cancer and then I had a stroke. And I'm told that I'm going to have to have my knees replaced. But, you know, my caregiver, if I am really selfish, I don't care about my caregiver, my spouse. If you are not selfish, I want to tell you the caregiver, the impact of of, of poor health on those people is really, really bad. and I think in, in in fairness to them, you should stay as active as possible. You should be as positive as possible because the caregiver is the one who gets the brunt of it if you can't take care of yourself, if you can't be active. If if those things aren't, the doctor told me, well, we can do your knees or we cannot do your knees, but you need to stay active for your caregiver. And I would like to say that everybody should think about the other people they impact as well. Yeah. So it's not really retirement planning, it's life planning, and it's about maintenance. People don't understand that, according to all the medical research, 75% of illness and disease in the United States is not the result of aging. 75% of illness and disease is the result of poor lifestyle habits, lack of exercise, a diet with too much fat, sugar, salt, uh, preservatives. So when we think about it, when we talk about national health care, health care for everybody, yes, I think everybody should have it. But if we had free health care in this country, the health of the population might actually get worse. Because if people get something for free, then they might say, well, I don't, I don't care. If I need a new lung, I'll get one. If I need a new heart, I'll get one. People have to realize that they have a stake in their well-being and learn how, and there's plenty of information aboard AARP, the, 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 the government, area agencies on aging. All these places have information on how to stay active and healthy. And 75% of their life is determined by personal health habits. Yep, we have a choice, and choices have their consequences. We make a decision, and we have to live with it. And uh, we should make decisions to live with. So we're going to take a break now, the last break, and uh, we have a few minutes after the break, and uh, we want to talk about anything else that comes to mind. And and, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the idea of part-time work for people, why it is good in a number of ways. This is Gordon Bennett. We're here with David Demko, and uh, we're going to talk to you right after the break. The 
business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life with Gordon Bennett. To speak with Gordon and this week's guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to goreben32 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gordon Bennett, and with me is my guest, David Nemko. We're talking about geriatrics. We're talking about uh, the later uh, years of our life and how they should be as vigorous and enjoyable as the younger years of our life, or even more so. And uh, we have been talking about a lot of things, and I would recommend the first thing that everybody who's listening is visit his website, Demko.com, D-E-M-K-O.com. He has so many quotations. He has so many resources. He has so many ideas. I think everybody should get into that. Uh, we talked earlier about keeping active. Uh, a lot of people say, well, I can't afford that. And I think for a minute how much longer we're living now compared to the turn of the uh, 20th century there are several ways to keep active in life. Uh, and one of the things I've thought about is part-time jobs. I go to uh, the hardware stores in our neighborhood, and there's a lot of uh, what I call senior people very happy taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Part-time jobs gives them activity, gives them walking around the store, helping others. What are some yeah. of the other things people can do? Well, you know, you have to get outside yourself. The, uh, there's a lot of research. There's actually two journals on if you have a pet, you'll live one year longer than somebody who doesn't. Why? Because you have this dog 
okay, and you have you pay attention to them rather than worry about your particular problem. And when you take that dog for a walk, the walk will do you better than it will the dog. I have three pets. Does that mean I got three extra years? <laughs> well, the research doesn't look at multiple pets. Maybe that's a question for researchers to work on. But uh, you you are entitled to at least an extra year. You, and, you you will like you will like the names of my two dogs. I have bearded collies, and if you saw the movie The Shaggy Dog, uh, that was a bearded collie. It's a herding dog, and my dogs' names are uh, Ruckus and Mayhem. <laughs> you can figure out what we've got. <laughs> That's good. You know, it, it may, maybe we could spend some time talking about you know how to some roles you can play because the whole thing is some people say go out and volunteer and some people just don't like to volunteer. But the whole thing is I'd like to give a list of some of the things that people do and then give you some real life Zoomer profiles of people who are actually doing it because in order to say I want to do this, I want to go there, I want to learn this, you have to first understand that you're worth it. You know, you're worth it. It's, and so you have value. You still have potential. So that's that positive element that drives you to, uh, you know, be an advocate. Uh, National Council on Aging and, and, and a retired volunteer programs or, you know, or school, just learning and contributing uh, over the hill and back to school is what, what I call it. There's road scholars, elder hostel, glo- global volunteers. There's employment and careers. Check out your U.S. Uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, online, and they'll they'll talk about the types of jobs that are available for mature workers. So the thing is, is you can do many things. It's based on your interest, but what you have to do is to understand that before you engage or accept a new goal, you have to understand I'm worth it. I have something to give, and that is regenerating in itself. That, that's very good. I mean, I, I look at the places that have senior people working, and I notice they're all happy. They like what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's not fact, just I know people few. who work that like what they're doing, so they never work a day in their lives. Find something that you love that gets you up and out and dressed every morning. In other words, it's like my latest book, Stop Acting Your Age. Stop Acting Your Age and start living your life. What age would you be if you didn't know how old you were? Okay, that's how do you, let's see, what's the name of that book again? It's by David J. Demko, and I'll bet you can get it at Amazon. Stop. It's Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, pretty much anywhere, but if you, if they just Google, stop acting your age, they'll Google that on the internet, and boom, the book will come up. And if Everybody someone can't should. afford it, if I have copies, I'll ship it to them for free. Yeah, that that is a wonderful offer. That uh, you know, people who continue to educate themselves, and we go right back to the beginning of the program. You got to continue learning. Some people are, as you said, are reluctant to volunteer. They don't know how to do things. You got to get over that little reticence. And if you do it just a little bit, usually the church is a good place to get started. You know, volunteer church, for one your of the week. Temple, uh, you yeah, can even get started bagging groceries at, at, at a grocery store. You know, you'll meet people, you'll encounter people, you'll have small talk and things of this nature. You'll get reintroduced to the many ages and, and the, the many types of people in the world, and that might spin you off into a whole new uh, second career. 
Yeah, your kids can be helpful too. They can suggest uh, places that uh, need help or need something done, uh, not just being their taxi service, but uh, there are a lot of people who can be uh, put to work in those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, that that's to say nothing about the fact that a few extra bucks is uh, is what welcome. Oh, what absolutely! About- and that, what that means is you are worth it. What you give to other people is worth it. But also, if you give something out of your heart, the thank you again, like the money payment, says you're worth it. This um, because you did it. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, and that's that's a mental attitude. You know, if it's raining some days, you say it's an awful day or it's a nice day. And what you uh, choose to believe to is... start reading that book I've always wanted to. Yeah, there's there's so many things to do. I like your particular advice to me about... I made a sarcastic comment about not being able to uh, deal with the uh, traffic jam. But I'll tell you, the next time I get caught in the traffic jam, I'm going to remember what you told me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm you. serious. That's a very important thing. And uh, the other way you can do it is is ask people, uh, everybody's got one or two friends, what would they like to do together? Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe they would like to, uh, uh, they start simply like uh, putting together summer camp packages or doing things like that. Or you could just say, look, I'm up, I'm ready, I'm going to come and get you, let's just go to the mall, let's just go downtown and see what happens next. There doesn't always have to be a plan. It could just be spontaneous. You could run into somebody. You, you, you could see something that you like. You could be reminded, get out there and just see what life has to offer you. You know, I live in Philadelphia, and a lot of our friends from California came to visit us. And I was always going to the uh, Freedom Center downtown. And... Uh, the <laughs> I made the tour so many times I could do it myself. And one day I said to the guard while my daughter was going through the exhibits, I said, you know, I've been here so many times I could give the tour myself. He handed me a form to fill out and become a docent. <laughs> Good for I you. Mean, yeah. So you, you created anyway, your own opportunities. Sometimes you wait that, for other people to ask. We can create our, our own opportunities just like you do. Remember those things. Create your own opportunities. And by the way, you can visit my website on PTFF, PTFF.net. That's the path to financial freedom. There's a lot of tips on that. Uh, David, I want to thank you so very much for you know visiting with us today and just talking about this whole thing about having a great, spontaneous, effective, enthusiastic attitude about your just stop acting your age. And, and start enjoy living life. your life. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. This is Gordon Bennett signing off until next week with money, jobs, health, and other things in life. Good day. Thank you for listening to Money, Jobs, Health, and Other Things of Life. Please join your host, Gordon Bennett, again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, are you going to make a bad choice or a great choice with your money? Come back next week for more.